that was a really cool intro. I like that intro music. Yeah, it was fire. All right. What is going on, baseball fans? Welcome back to the Turning Tube podcast, where we love baseball, but are also 20 years old and stupid. My name's Jack, joined here by Lorenzo, and we're here today to talk some baseball in a currently baseballless world. Exactly. Today we had the idea of going through and profiling some of the most interesting teams in MLB history, maybe make a little series out of it. But for today's show, we talked about it a little bit last episode. We have a little sneak preview. We're going to be talking about the 2015 Florida Marlins. Were they Miami Marlins? I'm I believe they were. They Florida 2015. Either way, I think uh, so. Yeah. Uh, either way, I like for purpose. We're going to call them Florida or Miami Marlins, whatever we find satisfying. But uh, we did preview it in the show before, and based off outstanding fan reaction, of course, we decided <laughs> the, to do a little bit of a the start of a series of what could have been. And this this week's uh, edition is going to be just, I think, the Miami Marlins as a whole, but more specifically, is it like the 2015-2016 Marlins? Uh, that is where they had all these star players highlighted by John Carlos Stanton, Marcelo Azuna and none other than Christian Yelich himself. So and Jose Fernandez. Jose so. Fernandez, one of the best young rosters in the league. And now we are looking at maybe the laughing stock of baseball in such a yes. short turnaround when this should have been their their year. Like this this mm-hmm. stretch should have been when the Miami Marlins were dominating. So how I, did we get here? I'd like to I'd like to officially give the two thousand fifteen Miami Marlins, it is the Miami Marlins, I just checked. I want to give them the official title of wrong place, wrong time, because there's no better example of a team that has all these players, but they're just in the wrong spot and at the at worst time possible. Like imagine Yelich as he is now playing alongside like Ichiro and Marcelo Zuna and Stanton and JT Romuto. It just, it doesn't even seem real. Like it, they don't fit together like other star teams do. So Maybe that was a part of it. We're going to dive in and see exactly what went wrong, what could have been, all that good stuff. Exactly. And as the show progresses, we're going to give you our honest feedback about what we think of this Marlins team. We're not just going to sit here and rip on them for their wrong decisions. We're going to provide fair and balanced cases of what could have been good and bad. I do have a question for you, Zojak. Um, do you, so the overall coverage of the Miami Marlins downfall has been just they're stupid, bad ownership. But you do you think that's entirely accurate? Do you think there was more play than just simply bad decisions? Like you brought up bad timing. I think bad timing is a big part of it, and I'm sure there has been bad decisions, but we do have to remember they are not a big market team. They were an expansion team who started out really hot, so I think some people have higher expectations for them. But they're still a growing organization. And I don't know how much of a baseball city Miami really is. I could be wrong, maybe just because they haven't been good in my prime baseball knowledge, but I don't know. I, I think there's a there's I not can, too many passionate baseball fans, I'm assuming. Well, I can provide some context for that. So the origin of the Miami Marlins, they played in the Miami Dolphins football stadium. And the actual reason that they won their first World Series title is because ownership at the time decided to spend big. I believe spending $89 million in the uh, offseason on free agents to drive fan interest and see if there was a market in Miami for baseball because oh, they were convinced that if that if they won, yep, the Marlins spent $89 million on free agents, more than any team had ever spent, in an attempt to bring home a World Series championship in just their fourth year in existence. 
they their first ever game they won on opening day, and then they lost the last game of the season on way, way to a losing season. They had a very slow start. Uh, although ownership was convinced that they like baseball was going to be good in Miami, fans weren't going because mm-hmm. they were playing in an outdoor stadium. You've seen a football, you know what a football stadium looks like. Yeah. There's no cover in the hot, sweltering heat of Florida. So that was the start. And so the whole reason they won is because the Marlins decided to spend big. So there is a case, you brought up a small market team, of can the Marlins spend more than they do? Because they did pack out for Stanton, 13, 350 million before they traded them away. So it's something to maybe look at. Maybe like they're just really bad run of owners as well. But I digress. Either way, I think we should definitely folk home. We're going to phone in on the just the 2015, 2016 version. We'll add context as we go, but that's where the real meat from this podcast is going to be. Yeah. And I'll, I'll start with a little background. So, the 2013-2014 Marlins had been extremely average, around 50, 60, 70 wins, but getting better. Each year, they went up around eight games, eight more wins per season. And I think in 2011, they were like awful, worst place, and then every year since then, they got a little bit better. So, 2015-2016 came, and it seems like all their young talent had reached MLB level and they were ready to play. And they got, they won 71 games, went 71 and 91. And then the next year they went 79 and 82 in 2016. And then they traded everyone away. And I would just want to run down the list of players that just played in the 2015 and 2016 seasons. Because they were 71 and 91 with this team. They had outfielders Ichiro, Christian Yelich, Marcelo Zuna, and John Trello Stan. Two MVPs right there. Right there. Three, three MVPs, actually. All star. That's an all star outfield. Absolutely yeah. ridiculous. And then Jose Fernandez, JT Romuto, Derek Dietrich, D. Gordon, Justin Bohr, Fernando Rodney, and Brad Hand. So that roster has a total combined three MVPs, 12 sl- Silver Slugger Awards, and 30 All-Star Game appearances. You want to know what on the face of it it sounds like? Just because you hear those names, do they sound like they go together? They, Yeah, that's what I was kind of saying in the beginning. It's really just a wrong place, wrong time, wrong people. Like, does everything it, was just wrong about this team. Doesn't it sound like an... Uh, not to make a cross-sport analogy because they don't work very much, but like an NBA super team that looks really good on paper, but when you yeah. put them on the field yeah. together, they just don't work. Yeah, and I mean, I think a lot of them were too young and a lot of them were too old. And some were just... It's a good point. Middle. Like Because you, you had Yelich and Stanton. And, and although uh, Stanton, I feel like we saw peak Stanton with the Miami Marlins. So yeah, home run that, derby winner, MVP winner. He 59 was home run, 135 RBI, plus a thousand OPS, and NL MVP in his final season with the Marlins. We saw that that's as good as John Stan is ever going to be. Um, but we did did we didn't see peak Yelich, and of course there was project, projection, but he did sign a seven year, fifty million dollar contract. Does that scream uh, future MVP and perennial like best player in the league? 
Yeah, no, not at all. So, so I think Yelich is probably the surprise of this bunch and probably why we're having this conversation. I think that's... kind of puts it over the edge. Exactly. I think Christian Yelich is, when we look back on this, he's the reason that this is such a bad such a bad outcome because as Jack made a really good point and I feel like many people miss the nail on the head when they do their why the Miami Marlins failed is they just more focus on the outcome instead of the cause so they're like oh they traded all these players away but why did they trade all these players away how did we get to this point do so a question I'd like to pose to you do you think there was any way these players would have worked like do you think they sold too early that is a very good question, and we don't know. We're not an economics pod or a um, an economics pod. <laughs> any anything like that. We don't know math, but I think, and it's so hard to say. Well, looking back, because obviously these players now are like top fifty players. A bunch. Their outfield is basically all in the top fifty. I think in my list, but I think they made the decisions they had to make whether that's just the what the Red Sox are doing now kind of how they're saving their money for the future kind of thing and I think I might feel a little bad for the Marlins and I think the players they chose to let go are supposed to dribble out and have whatever careers and people are supposed to forget but I think no one's forgetting because the players they chose to let go just turned out to be amazing players so my point of view on this is where, where I come back is um, I think that what confuses me about the Marlins, and I think this goes to the new ownership group with Derek, with everybody knows that Derek Jeter's in that ownership group. Mm-hmm. What goes back to me is that they when they came in, they had a very clear-cut case of we need to sell the team. Like we have to get rid of this team. Uh, we have to break it down and restart. And what could – with the previous ownership had already the worst owner in baseball like he's ruined two teams uh i'll get his name his name slips my mind top of my head but um his uh so they came in and they're like we need to disassemble this roster and it's a little bit confusing because if the old ownership hadn't left how bad they were it seemed like the old ownership was like no this is the roster we need so although, because they signed John Carlos Dantas' 13-year deal, they signed um, Christian Yelich to a 7-year deal. So now we sit here and we're going to attack the previous ownership as the worst owners in baseball. But then this new ownership comes in and makes trades when everybody's saying, what, you, what are you doing? So it's very confusing. It seems like no matter what an owner does for the Miami Marlins, they're left open for scrutiny. If you see what I'm saying, like either, they bo- they literally took both attempts. It's just so interesting that you sign a player to a 13-year deal and then you sign Yelich on a very good deal. And now all of a sudden, less than a year later, you're trading them both away. Yeah, I I think I have a, I'd have a lot of questions to see what was going on like in the front office. Because a lot of times fans never know. But yeah, those are great points. And uh, so I think we have to bring this back to what I... Uh, what do you have pinpointed, Jack? I'll let you go first, and I'll let you take point on this. What do you have pinpointed as a single, if you have to pick a single event, the breaking point for this, for Marlins never reaching their potential? Because my what could have been is multiple World Series for this type of roster. Yeah, I think if Jose Fernandez doesn't, 
pass away, this is a whole different story. I think they were forced to rebuild, which most teams don't have their future evaporate like that. So I think they were literally forced to trade these players away for a new future. Kind of they missed they missed their the prime of their star players. So like the the tragic death of Jose Fernandez kind of put them in a position of like okay, we have to do this, which once again comes back to what I think may be the overall theme, at least of this certain rendition of the Miami Marlins, bad timing and unfortunate yeah. events, just like events you yes. cannot predict. So after you have such a tragic and like sudden break in your organization's foundation, as like losing the star player, potential rookie of the year, next big pitcher in baseball, like parentally loved, how do you keep that same team together? Like, there's like an aura around them all of a sudden that's like just straight negative. And mm-hmm. it's just like impending doom in a sense. And while we all love that D Gordon home run, because how can't you? It just is an example of they're, they're literally destroyed from it. Yeah, morale's destroyed. Like, actual. It's a kind of rude to think of like. Numbers wise, he was a human that passed away, yeah. and I'm sure that personality was missed. But also, their best pitcher is gone. Exactly for the sake of like on field baseball, you just lost your ace. Um, yeah. But I think a sneaky trade was the D Gordon trade. I feel like you trade Stanton. They're the only trade. I don't think Stanton is a bad trade. I think you trade Stanton. Yeah. I think it's a stupid trade if you're trying to. I think it just shows you don't want to win, but I don't think like yeah they they had to do it because they were wasting money and waste. I mean, Stanton could have three more MVP seasons, and they would still be twenty, thirty, forty games under five hundred. Oh, I agree. I think that signing Stanton was probably more of the issues and trading him himself. But again, that's like crossing ownerships. It makes this is a very tricky thing to analyze because you can't criticize one ownership for what the other ownership does. But then they both seem to make the wrong choice, and somehow they both seem to do it at the wrong time. So I think Stanton was purely like, all right, we're resetting. But I do think that like he was a decent trade in himself because I brought it up earlier, and I have the stats right here. Stanton's final season with the Miami Marlins, he was all-world MVP. But then his first season with the Yankees, he, he still put up pretty solid numbers, 38 home runs, yeah. 100 RBIs. I don't think that's anything to sneeze at. That's a great season. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Um, he finished top 20 in MVP voting. Like, he's insane. Uh, but then his last season, he had this shoulder injury where he only played 18 games. So while he's over, two years into, what, 11 more years, what 10 more deals years left on this contract the next mm-hmm. decade uh and stanton kind of a bigger guy slower probably gonna have to move to dh i don't think it's truly like a terrible deal for them in like overall future like i think getting out of that contract we talked about this with bryce harper i think on the last episode actually uh he's already 30 years old stan mm-hmm. yeah i think my mind automatically goes to comparing the yelich and stanton trade because the Yelich trade, they got so much more back, in my opinion. They got four prospects. And for the Stanton trade, they got Starlin Castro, was kind of the main piece. So, But it was also a money dump. It's probably similar to kind of the Mookie Betts thing. I keep going back to that analogy. But 
the Red Sox and Marlins, I think, are a little bit similar. The Red People? Sox for this season, not as extreme at all, but I think they. It shows that the owner, the ownership is planning ahead more than they want to win now. They both have had John Henry as an owner, so like it's not yeah. that far off as a comparison. Um, yeah. A big and thing, especially with- during this, the holdout, the um, with the MLBPA and the owners, you see that the owners care about money. And as a young naive fan, I think you don't realize that, and then you realize, oh, it's owners. Some owners don't even like baseball. Some owners don't even like baseball. That's a very good quote, and we're going to end up having to quote that, put that on some T-shirts. Uh, that's a oh, great yeah. way to great way to put it. It's so true, though, and that's why I think that Miami Marlins continue to come into play. But you brought up a point about the Marlins' uh, um, farm system, that if you would like to uh, present that to us. So before the Yelich trade, they were not ranked anywhere near the top ten. For farm systems and once I think once Jose Fernandez passed away and they traded Stan and you could see the team was in rebuild phase I think they're not ready to steal the league's heart they're not ready to make a playoff push they need to rebuild and 2019 their midseason prospect farm system rank was fourth in the league only behind the Dodgers Padres and Rays who have amazing farm systems with they've um how many is that six top 100 prospects including Sixto Sanchez who's going to be the next great pitcher he's, he's insane mm-hmm. Jazz Chisholm who's a top 70 prospect at great shortstop. name yeah a uh, great name great oh name. also just random really random segue did you see the Red Sox drafted Blaze Jordan I did, and if you were born with the name Blaze and you turn out to be a professional baseball player, some people got it all. <laughs> like, like that's that, I'm the MLB draft is frustrating because he won't be good in like until probably like twenty twenty nine. So it's it's really impossible. Like we'll forget his name, but Blaze Jordan is gonna hit dingers. Uh, agreed. Insane. He's going to blaze them. That's what he's going to do. Nickname is going to be something like the Blazer or something. (laughs) And by by the time he's in the major leagues, so if we're being realistic, he's what? We're going to be 30 years old. old. (laughs) So, yeah, that's so depressing. Um, We're going to be 30 years old dumb doing this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It will probably be, like, what, 2025 he might enter the league and, like, be a star, hopefully. That, hopefully, like, maybe, like, marijuana is, um... Marijuana? Hopefully. I don't know what I'm saying, hopefully, but it would probably be more, um... Legal? So we can just blaze up on the field? Taboo. So I can just imagine, like, all that marketing stuff. Like, if he (sighs) plays on April 20th, he'd be, like, 420 blaze... Oh my God! Like, he hits a home hits a home run, pulls a blunt out of his pocket, and starts smoking it while he's jogging around <laughs> the bases. Yeah. Blaze, Blaze up, Jordan, boys! Yeah. Yo, they sell blunt wraps with his face on. All right, we just marketed Blaze Jordan. Um, yeah. But here's something uh, that we may have to hit on in the future: is just the terrible marketing of the MLB draft overall. Like oh, yeah. NFL draft, freaking Roger Goodell was in his basement in a sweater vest, just pitching stuff. Um, NHL NHL draft, you know these players immediately, NBA, maybe it's the nature of baseball, but man, mm. 
did how many people didn't even know the draft was like what was it last night or the night before? Yeah, you you have to be a, hardcore, such a diehard baseball fan. You really do, and like people don't want to even hear about an MLB draft show because like you talk about something for an hour, and the next thing you know, it's relevant seven years from now. Yeah, exactly. like Jesus Christ, it's ridiculous. But I digress. So you brought back to the Marlins farm system. And uh, here's my kind of monologue on the Marlins and the farm farm system because this continues to frustrate me. Throughout, you guys are going to hear the first sign of angry Lorenzo on this podcast. <laughs> the most frustrating thing in baseball is the thought of a prospect because the Marlins all always seem to have great young players, but they always trade their stars. They always trade their stars for young players. For example, Yelich, Stan, Osuna. Gordon, all of these players. When those prospects finally begin to mature into players such as the people I just listed, then they trade them away again right after their fan base has developed the connection. They buy your jersey. All of a sudden, you aren't just John Carlos Stanton. You are a Miami Marlin. And then as soon as you become a Miami Marlin, they rip you away from a fan base and sent to be the hero for another team. So in this it's way, like, the Mar- it's like a constant gamble. And yeah, in this way, the Marlins are basically the farm system for every other MLB team, but Miami. Mm. Is how That's I look at it. Point. They basically feed out star players to other teams that are unable to do it themselves, and they end up taking pennies on the dollars for future MVPs. Because they are an inept run organization that prioritizes the wrong thing. This team has been around for 25 years now. And people continue to hearken on a bad ownership, which I just brought up. And then they criticize fans for not showing up to the ballpark and saying attendance is low. So what do you expect owners to do? How do they pay for players if nobody's showing up for the game? But how do you expect a fan to show up to a game where you trade away your best player and as soon as you're a kid... Jack, you're a kid. You just signed Dustin Pedroia. You're a, you have a boner for Dustin Pedroia. They just signed Dustin Pedroia to a 13-year deal. You think you're about to watch it? You're about to grow up with this guy. You buy his jersey. You're go, going to the ballpark. Next thing you know, they trade him away for players you've never even heard of and a middling second baseman. You're ripped. You're destroyed. The Marlins are single-handedly... The reason that... It's very unlikely that the fans are going to show up and be consistent to a team that has shown no faith in them. So why care about a team that your owners don't care about? Mm-hmm. That is my monologue. That's, yeah, I, I didn't really even think about it that way, but we, we, we always go back to marketing, but that's probably why the Marlins don't seem like a baseball team. Like When we think of them, it's like, oh, they're bad. But even though they've won two World Series, basically in our lifetime, but it's like, oh no, the Marlins are awful. They also rebranded, and orange is an ugly color. Disgusting. But they should change that. Yeah. But they they don't have a core player. Like when you think of a Marlin, you don't know who. That is a great way. My name. If I say Red Sox, who do you think of? Mookie Pedroia. David Ortiz comes to my mind. You say Yankees, Derek Jeter. You say Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw. You name these teams, a player comes to your mind. Miami Marlins, name one player on their current roster. Yeah, Stanton was their their guy. He was homegrown, and then 
was an MVP. He was. That doesn't happen a lot. That was their chance. When, ha, since John Carlos Stan, have you seen, when John Carlos Stan was a Miami Marlin, you could not go a morning without turning on SportsCenter, and the Miami Marlin disgusting jersey was plastered on the front. Mm-hmm. So, how, even if you were to, while I think Stanton wasn't a bad trade, if you truly care about the growth of the Miami Marlins as an ownership and what like could have been, think about just what could have been from a marketing standpoint and a business standpoint. You have a face of baseball. People who don't give a crap about the Miami Marlins are buying your jersey, are tuning in to watch this guy play. So just from an eyes on fans and like just keeping him would have paid for itself in that sense. But it just goes back to what is the direction of this organ? What do they want? And that's what I think what could have been is that you could have been relevant is what my takeaway is. Maybe you never win, but you could have been relevant, which is more than I can say right now. Yeah, it's it's nuts to think. I mean, similar to the Tigers, they were the Tigers and Marlins were probably like considered contenders five years ago. And now they're literally the worst teams in baseball so the mar the tigers are a very good counterpoint to my argument against the marlins because they kept everybody you like the bitter yeah, end the tigers they just they yeah and then like so if you see what happens when you keep everybody to the bitter end like it it's gonna go downhill either way the key is the uh, tigers the tigers only kept a few players like i agree with your point but also they they just couldn't afford everyone at that, that point is, like they just they went too big they, they went too big, and then, like, it came home to roost. Um, that will probably be the next episode, the 2014 Tigers. What could have been about the, the 2013 Tigers? So that's, like, how, what I feel about this Marlins team, and I can where I think the narrative may be a little bit skewed is if you look at it in a vacuum, I do not blame the Miami Marlins for the years that they had these players. Because I did not – what they did in the 2015-2016 season – I don't think it's fair to be like they underachieved. Maybe they did and slightly. But I think it was just the wrong mix of ingredients at the wrong time and a terrible circumstance. What you could have blamed for the Marlins is where's what they decided to do after that. The trajectory that they decided to take their organization. It's not a bad idea to rebuild if there's a plan once those players are gone. Yeah. I think they it, it's just a monumental fail or maybe a good thing for other teams of how just amazing all their players turned out to be. As I said before, I think players do dumps like these, like player dumps, contract dumps for prospects all the time, but it just happened to be that Derek Dietrich, JT Romuto, um, Marcelo Zuna, Yelich, and Stanton, Stanton was already proved, but all those players have become great players so what the hell is going on in miami that they're able to draft scout and develop such amazing talent but they're unable to hold on to it and i think there's one trade that if you want to just do uh miami marlin to stupid podcast like everybody else there's one trade and you uh you said you watched an interview on him so i'd love to hear some insight on this mm-hmm. of trevor williams a highly touted Miami Marlins project prospect being traded away 
to the Pittsburgh Pirates in exchange for pitching coach compensation. So what yeah, the so hell? <laughs> I listened to an interview with him. He was he was just chilling in Miami. He had some he was struggling a little bit, I think, but he was a a highly he was a high prospect waiting for waiting for him to get really good. And he just found out he was they told him he was traded for this player and he was like oh like what like what was i traded for he couldn't find out what he was traded for and then it, the the owner told him that he was traded for a, a coach and it wasn't even a player that is so, insane yeah i that i think that just kind of proves that the marlins aren't doing it the normal way they're and definitely I mean, maybe, not doing it the normal way um if i this can works out maybe are there maybe be the next Moneyball, maybe in ten years we're doing a different podcast. We're doing the twenty twenty five Marlins won the World Series and they're amazing. But as of now, I don't have I don't know what they're doing. Now to provide context on this Trevor Williams character, he is twenty eight years old, I believe. I have his baseball reference pulled up. Uh, excuse, give me two seconds. Yeah, he's twenty eight years old, and uh, his career he has a career ERA of four, I believe four point two two. Uh, so that is what a solid fourth starter. That's like Rick Porcello numbers. Besides his Cy Young year, um, best he was season traded for a vice president of pitching development. A vice president of pitching development, and this was in 2016. And who have they produced pitching wise that you can name since that year? Jury still out. Six... Yeah, they do have Sixto Sanchez, so we'll see. Maybe we'll see what he becomes and. I don't know if you he was going to become something purely because you traded away for the vice president of pitch for uh, pitching prospect. I feel like yeah. that guy's just god given <laughs> talent. Connection there. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's it. But he's uh, but Trevor Williams' best season was in 2018 when he pitched. He appeared in 24 games, 26, 24 games. Yep, for the uh, Miami Marlins, where he went 14 and 10 and had a free 11 ERA. That's not bad at all, man. Mm-hmm. That's that's insane. Uh, but still. How do you – I just don't understand. As an organization, even if he's not – you want to get rid of him. That's fine. I'm all for trading prospects that you don't think have a place in your organization. I, I yeah. think the Red Sox sometimes miss on that. Um, or like with Ben Sherrington back in that era, they missed on that a lot with some of these players. But uh, I think that uh, that's fine. Just don't trade him for a goddamn motherfucking coach. Trade him away for like, I don't know, actual – players that could help you on the long term yeah um, but the jury's still out on this pitching coach name you have his name off the top um benedict oh my benedict jim jim benedict oh my god he sounds like he has a stapler just like on hand at all times jesus christ yo um, i bet you he knows every single player is in baseball war oh yeah for sure benedict? he doesn't even have a picture he doesn't have a picture on Wikipedia, so he's not nice. Do you think this guy goes by Ben at all? No chance. No, no, no. No, he's just like, call me maybe Benedict. Jim Benedict. Well, maybe Jimmy Benny Dicky. Jimmy Benny. <laughs> Jim Benny. What you doing? Sounds like a yeah. brand of sausage, like Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Ben. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what I'm getting from this guy. Um, Jim Ben. I, I have a, um, a nice little question here. Alright, hit me. So, Miami Marlins, as I said, they have a lot of top prospects. Their number 22 overall prospect in the MLB, Sixto Sanchez. Nice name. Sick name. Cool name. 
But then they also have another prospect named Jesus Sanchez, who's number 80. Jesus Sanchez? Or Jesus, Jesus. Or maybe Jesus, I don't know, one of them. Okay, but So Ken spelt the exact same way Sanchez, both Sanchez. If they come up at the same time, how do you do that? What what happens there? I think someone's getting a first initial on their jersey, which looks really dumb. Yeah, and that can ruin jersey sales. That ruins careers. Ruins careers, man. You got a yeah. you got an S on the front of your Sanchez jersey. Mm-hmm. That oh my god, S period. Oh gross. Like, JD Martinez has to put JD on his jersey. Like, what is that about? That's so gross. Yeah. Like, oh no, no we one want... wants to see that. So here's a question. And I... Okay. Who do? How do you decide who gets the jersey? Is it like rock that, paper scissors yeah. shoot, or like, That's... all right, you're both getting a first initial your first season. Whoever puts up better numbers gets the last name. That's what I was gonna say because Sixto Sanchez is one of the top prospects. So does he like lock it up, and then? Jesus Sanchez. What if he comes in the next year and he's like, "Hey, what the hell?" Yeah, I'm is it like Sanchez. some clout? Is it like a clout thing? Like I, I was here first, yeah. younging, type thing. I wonder if that. I wonder if that motivates them to try to make the big leagues first, so they can get that jersey lock. So they can push out their jersey. All right, here's a question. You have a very typical last name of Doyle. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you go into baseball, and you come up to the major leagues at the same time as another guy. Are you fighting to the death to have that just a last name? Or are you I taking mean, the? This, are you taking Jay Doyle? No, this probably proves how like actually not talented at the sport, playing the sport I am, because the jersey is just so important. Like I would want the Doyle so bad. If it's Jay Doyle, kind of loses the charm. If I it's think. Jay like, Doyle, I think you actually have to like leave the team, like unsign yeah, that I'm contract. Quitting. I'm like, retiring. I'm going to Peru to raise mountain lions. A hundred percent. Like you guys got to go, man. You got to start your own zoo at that point. Like. Yeah. I think that, that no, I don't think that shows they were untalented. I think that shows that we value the real thing in sports. Looks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. Look good, feel look good, feel good, feel good, play good. Exactly, man. Says. Hey, why do you think all these players got ice on their neck now? They gotta gotta that's look true. good, feel good, man. Can't mm-hmm. can't go out there looking like a bum. Yeah. But um, I think that's a very important question. And I would love to see how many of these um, I would documentary ideas from the last just mm. the development of the Miami Marlins man and like I would love to see how this yeah, that's true. if this team turns into good man the good man you got one hell of a story if this if these prospects mm-hmm. all flame out and they do this again Jesus like this is that, ever that gonna would be, I feel like it's that a, would be a vicious cycle just repetitive failure trade fail, build yeah it's like they're playing Monopoly you know how you start Monopoly and everybody mm-hmm. buys all the properties, but then it comes time to actually reap what you've awarded yourself? Mm-hmm. Like you bu- get all the properties, put all the houses on it, and now it's like, okay, now that I'm rich, everyone has to start paying me, and then you quit the game? Yes. That's the Miami Marlins. <laughs> they build all these houses, they buy everything, and then they quit. And they're, they're like, playing let's restart. Monopoly alone. They're playing Monopoly alone. They're like, let's restart the game. Like it's, yeah. I don't want, I won't play anymore. I'm done. I'm bored. That's like, it's like they enjoy being miserable. It's so fascinating yeah, to me. It, it definitely seems like that. I think for them to be good with this new set of prospects in the next coming years, they'll have a whole new look. They need to change their. I, I know they just got a new logo, and I think they're going to more blue, which could be huge, because that orange and like pink no, and bright blue. That's not a winning. You gotta look good. I mean, you just do. 
before we uh, give our like concluding statements on what could have been for this team, I have an incredibly important question that I think all of the listeners are currently tweeting at you right now. And that is, what is better, the Florida Marlins or the Miami Marlins? Florida Marlins, 100%. That's Thousand percent. The nicest jerseys and hats and logo. Clean. And teams. Like, they were an amazing team. They should go back to that, honestly. Go, they've only been a, a team for, like, 25 years. Just already go retro. Since they've been for the Miami Marlins, they've lost Jose Fernandez, John Carlos Stane, Christian Yelich, Marcel Ozuna, Dee Gordon, and a fuck ton of other names. So, mm-hmm. man, just it didn't work. Go back. Yeah. Take your, take your L. Take it like a champ. And then you can bury this whole story. Like, oh, mm-hmm. what about what did the Miami Marlins do? Hey, hey, guys, we're not the Miami Marlins. We're the Florida Marlins. That wasn't us. That was those guys. That we're... Yeah. <laughs> Go I back mean, to the teams, good jersey. It's like teams don't know what jerseys look good. Like in the NFL this year, all the new jerseys, they all kind of sucked. Uh, and I don't know if that's – we just don't understand it. I'm sure there's marketing reasons and all that stuff. It will probably help them make more money or some stupid thing. I don't know. Hey, we're the but, marketing podcast. We know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's true. We are the number one marketing baseball podcast by 20-year-olds. And You, you did take a marketing class in college, man. You're pretty, you're pretty I did, there. Yeah, yeah. So. You're a big deal. <laughs> but teams don't know that if you have a universally beloved uniform like the Marlins do – Use it. Like, what are you running away from? You know what we're going to have to do, ownership, man? But... We're going to have to start a merch line where we just make our own custom jersey that just says mm-hmm. turning two on the back. And we'll get, we'll yeah. just provide actual solid fucking Uh-oh. jerseys. We'll teach that you. That would be tight. Would like be a tight. Red Sox jersey with just turning and then number two oh, as the number. That's fire. That's oh. the... Oh, God. Jesus, I just fucking... All right. I'm, all right. That's too hot. <laughs> Everyone, everyone, please stream this so we can order two of those shirts. We need a total of $75. We're at zero. This is a GoFundMe. Yeah, Thank please, you. please, guys, follow the Instagram at Turning2Podcast. Stream this episode, download it, share it, like it. Mm-hmm. You know, all that fun stuff because we got to start a merch line. That's insane. We just, that's, mm-hmm. that's insane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's too hot. But I think to put a bow on episode one in the series of what could have been mm-hmm. baseball teams. Uh, so, Jack. What could a what is your final statement on the Marlins? What could have been? Do you think that people are overhyping the potential that could have been? That maybe that they're just looking at names and not taking the factor, or do you think that they actually blew it and there was a multiple World Series winning talent? I think it's complicated. It's like a Facebook status. That is that is why we spent forty minutes on this topic. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. They blew it, but they weren't going to win a World Series. So they had the talent, but they weren't going to do it anyways. Yeah, the talent altogether, it wasn't working. I mean, it might have, but I don't think they were going to go to that next level. The best they ever did was under 500. We do have to remember that. And I have one quick question for you. Out of the players that they traded away, who do you think, if they were still a Marlin this season, would be the most profitable, the most helpful for that team? Jarnkola Stan. Stan. I think Yelich, while he's the better player, is far less either A, marketed, or B, marketable on a team that is not as good. I think Yelich is great because he's just an amazing five-tool player and somebody who plays the game the right way, but he's on a team that's also good. 
which makes him much more relevant and gives him opportunity for success because yes. Yes. he gets a chance to actually, you know, hit runners in and win games and makes him. Mm-hmm. But if he's just your average, like 30, he free, free 22, 30 home runs, 100 RBI, or 40 home runs, 100 RBIs, that's nothing to sneeze at. Like, that's amazing. But John Carlos Stan, we've seen it before, has the ability to drag a team that absolutely sucks to the face of media just because yeah. he is a one man electric hype crew because he hits home runs that go fucking 500 feet and he pops 60 of them. He's just must-watch television. So I think John Carlos Stanton, purely from, hey, we need a we need a highlight. He'll get you, he'll make the Miami Marlins a highlight. I don't know if Yelich will do that regularly. Yes, that's, that's very well said. I think he almost got more attention with the Marlins than he does with the Yankees. Far the more Yankees attention. So good. So much more attention. A bad, a good player on a bad team gets so much more attention than a good player on a good team. Mm-hmm. That's how I think it's so obvious. Like a or great player on a bad team gets more attention than a good player on a good team. You yeah, oftentimes gets overlooked well on a good, good player on a good team. But mm-hmm. I think that just about wraps up what could have been for the Miami Marlins. I think he put a top on it very well. Uh, we release new episodes every Monday and Thursday right here on Spotify, Anchor, and all your other fun podcast listening devices. Make sure to follow the show on Instagram at the Turning Two Podcast and stick around for our next episode. And that's gonna be all. All right, take it easy, fam. See you.